you have deals that go as planned. You have deals that don't go as planned. Your goal is that you're trying to get better at predicting variables, controlling those variables. And uh, this was a deal that some things went to plan, other things didn't. And it, it was kind of a great example. But one of the reasons I wanted to walk through the numbers and talk about this deal is how fresh it is. Mm -hmm. This episode is being brought to you guys by our incredible sponsors, Tenant Inc., Live Oak Bank and Janice International, starting it off with Tenant Inc. Their products are designed by owners for owners. And Tenant Inc. is funded and managed by self-storage owners with vast industry experience spanning decades. These guys super know their stuff, incredible people. They understood what the industry lacked and knew what needed to be provided. So technology in the industry sets basic operators apart from professional operators and they knew exactly what the industry needed and their technology puts the owners back into the driver's seat on to our next sponsor we've got live oak bank who is on a mission to be america's small business bank incredible group of people there who know and understand self-storage um, we've talked to so many people that use their services in the self-storage industry and have had nothing but incredible experiences with live oak if you guys are interested in sba loans starting in storage any of that phenomenal resource for you to look at Last but not least, Janus International. They've got everything from doors and hallways to installation, automation, and facility restoration. Their R3 program helps you revitalize facilities, bring them back to life. Um, they are a leading global provider of self-storage and commercial industry doors, relocatable storage units, facility automation solutions, and door replacement and self-storage restoration services. Again, these guys have been in the industry for so long. They know their stuff. They do incredible work. All the links to these incredible, amazing sponsors are down below in the show notes. Check them out. Get at them. With that said, enjoy the episode. Looking to create wealth and income through high cash flowing real estate? Self-storage is the fastest growing and the newest real estate asset that has outperformed all others. What's its secret? I'm AJ Osborne, and with over a million square feet that we have built, acquired, expanded, and even converted big box stores from small third tier markets to large hundred plus thousand square foot facilities, we have seen it all. This is the podcast that we're going to discuss and bring on the best investors and operators in the nation to show you how to create wealth and income with self-storage. Welcome to Self-Storage Income. Welcome, everybody, to Self-Storage Income. And man, I don't know why I feel like it has been so crazy. We just haven't really sat down, <laughs> Connor, and really had a good discussion for a little bit. I mean, we do this every week, so it's we recorded a couple, then we rolled them out, and we went two weeks without, three weeks without sitting down, really, and it just seems like it's been a while. Dude, it really has. It's like seems kind of out of the ordinary or something yeah <laughs> we're yeah. doing a doing a podcast again so no it's uh yeah i mean the the past two three weeks for us have been non-stop non for for me you the entire, entire team here yeah, at cedar creek crew. um with acquisitions with developments there's just been a lot of timelines hitting yeah. all at once all at once this spring um, was crazy for yeah. us oh it's been bonkers all great things but man now we're hiring 
Yeah. Which anybody knows we're hiring for oh, what we were the two main positions right now. We're hiring for a head of marketing. Yep. Uh, we're hiring a, a financial analyst that has real estate experience. It's like we're, we're trying to build out the team and we had the fund that just launched, yep. which is crazy. Yep, we raised 20 million. It was like I was looking and we got to 20 million in two months in a time frame of, of how much we raised, which that was that was wild. We learned so much. We we're, we're going to have to do uh, a podcast just on that. And we will do it with uh, Kaylee, our head of yes. uh, investor relations to just talk about what we learned, what went good, what went bad. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been one. It's so, been uh, one for sure. Yeah. No, it's been a good time, dude. Yeah. Like you said, learning a ton every day. I mean, it's just nonstop, <clears throat> which is cool. Super exciting. And like you said, we're adding to the team. We're building these things out. Uh, we're in the trenches every day, and uh, sometimes it takes us a minute to get these podcasts done. But nice. all in all, that's, it's awesome to be able to, to jump in here and share all these things that we're learning in real time with everybody as we're going through the motions and uh, figuring this stuff out. Because, you know, like we're always talking about, you know, it's just such a different perspective. You know, you look at all these these people and companies and everything else, and it's, it's, you somehow have the perception that these these people and these companies have everything figured out. And yes, there are experts that know what the heck they're doing out there. But at the end of the day, there's a, I mean, nobody really knows what they're doing. You yeah. know, you're figuring things out as you're yes. going. Um, it, so, it's a process, not an event. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's such a process, such a process of figuring things out, learning, growing, uh, just exciting stuff, man. So excited had, to jump we, in here. And, we did have a, a bunch of good podcasts uh, with guests lately which that was awesome. I really enjoyed those. We had, those were really, really good. Turned they out were. well. Um, so, you know, that's been great. Um, you know, we've, the YouTube channel has been um, just rocking it, going oh, man, crazy. It's on fire. Yeah. And we've had new hires. So we had new hires to come help us with our production on that. We're doing way more analysis and walkthrough. So we, we have ones that are market analysis. We have a returns analysis that I did a returns on a year by year, how returns get paid back. And, and, and that's been fun for me because we talk about these things on this podcast, but it's, it's great when I can say, Hey, I want to show how these returns work mm -hmm. in a year to year. Like we talk about, all right, our expectations and requirements for us, our investors, what we're getting out of the deals, how we get them. And then to be able to also then show that on YouTube in the actual, so like you, everyone can, they can see it, right? They can actually see um, that it, it brings a whole new level to it. Oh man, it really does. I mean, there, there's one thing, it's, it's one thing to sit there and talk about numbers and potential deals and, and what to look for, what not to look for. It's something else entirely, man, to, to pull up an active, actual, real deal that we're executing on in real time looking at the numbers, looking at the performance, looking at that versus the underwriting. Um, it, it's just, it's amazing to actually be able to go on and, and share all these things again, just as we're going through this stuff in real time. And uh, that's kind of what we're going to dive into, into here today and yeah. talk about a deal. It The deals, you know, you have deals that go as planned. You have deals that don't go as planned. Your goal is that you're trying to get better at predicting variables, controlling those variables. And uh, this was a deal that some things went to plan, other things didn't. And it, it was kind of a great example. But one of the reasons I wanted to walk through the numbers 
and talk about this deal is how fresh it is. Mm-hmm. So let's let's give you guys a quick breakdown, everybody. Uh, I'll make a YouTube video of this too, so um, that way we can actually walk through the numbers, um, and you guys could see that that as well. Uh, so w- remind me of that. We'll make sure that we have uh, Ian help me out. First of all, the you know one of the things uh, on this deal is it was two facilities we bought at once in the Midwest. Um, the total uh, purchase price was um, 10.9 million, so we raised four million. Um, it was just over 150,000 square feet, and you know, right out of the gate, we got our bonus depreciation. Now, remember how much we raised? We raised four million. Um, we got bonus depreciation of um, five million. Year one. Uh, year one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So that doesn't go into any of our actual returns. We don't want that, but it's not that it, that's very, very real. Mm-hmm. And it that's is. huge. So the um, thing I wanted to talk about or to set the stage on these two, one was more of large RV or not necessarily RV, but just large units. There are RVs in them. Um, another one was more of a mix um, of traditional. It had climate, some climate controlled. Um, it has a car wash on the side of it that really doesn't make up, though, any revenue at all. Um, so it basically breaks even with its cost. We plan on tearing down the car wash to uh, expand the facility at some point. Um, they're nice facilities, but they're just normal storage facilities. This mm-hmm. isn't anything that's, you know, crazy. They're uh, not gravel. They're paved. Um, they're they're nice facilities, but it's not like, yeah, it's not, you know, probably B um, class storage facilities. Now, when we took these over, though, there was a few things. We always have capital expenditures when we take over these assets. So immediately... When Connor hits the ground, he has, I mean, you, you have things that we always do. Doesn't, doesn't even matter the condition. Like, what are the things that we just always do? Yeah, we're always doing, I mean, we're, we're accounting for some kind of roofing repairs. I mean, there's always mm-hmm. going to be something. We're accounting for HVAC repairs, always going to be something. We're accounting for rebranding, signage. We're accounting for office, <clears throat> office updates, remodels. Yep. We're accounting for uh, the integration of, of Genesis no-key technology for the keypads, if not uh, applying that technology to some of the units, if not all of them. There's a, a number of different aspects that we just tie into each and every time. Asphalt, paving, that's another huge one that almost each and every deal we're tying in and uh, allocating some type of capital expenditure expectation to that um, Generally facility. speaking, we're talking 80,000 square feet. It's around $200,000 probably um, on average. That varies immensely, but I, sure. like a standardized one where we're looking at office remodels, things like that. Now, anything above that, it goes way above. Yeah, yeah. So, so for example, one facility we're looking at right now, just one of the aspects, the, the asphalt's really bad. Um, it's got to get milled out in some areas. It's got to get redone. And all said and done, probably up front, we'd be looking at $200,000 just for that um, in portions of it to the, the extent that it needs done. So it, it is very variable, but yeah, there are some baseline, you know, we're just talking 
crack filling and resealing, you're, you know, we're allocating, again, depending on the size of the facility, on average, probably about you know, 25,000 ish or so, depending on, on the size. But um, yeah, there's some standardizations, but yeah, that's really in a nutshell, a lot of those, those items that we're looking at. So to give you an idea on these two, so far they completed um, HVAC, $7,000. We had um, uh, doors between and some of the buildings that were like 1200 uh, that we had to get fixed up, locked up, different things like that. Fence replacement at twenty five thousand. Rebranding cost three thousand. Um, we're doing a full light replacement at nine thousand. Um, then we also have the rebranding on the other one. But we have an office remodel at forty one thousand, and then a gate relocation on this one that we don't have yet the firm price on it. But what do, what do you normally see or look for on these types of assets with? gate replacements. The gate relocation is another really good one to bring up. There's so many facilities out there that are built with the office within the fence and gate. Why? I have no idea. This limits the ability for potential customers to come in and access your office. Um, your, your office should be easily accessible without having to go through a gate that you don't have a code to, that you have to call a phone number or honk your horn or whatever craziness <laughs> people have to do to enter the facility. Um, but uh, gate relocations are another major thing to take into consideration. And um, when we're looking at gate relocations, um, one of the most recent ones, we had to demo an existing gate and install a brand new gate, which all said and done, that probably came out close to 50,000, 55,000. Whereas just installing a brand new gate and uh, the motor to run the gate, all that stuff, you're probably looking, you know, 30 to 40,000. Uh, depending on type of gate, materials, all that kind of stuff. So, um, I mean, always bank conservative, go on the high end, look at maybe 40000 a gate or so, um, and that's going to be pretty high as of, you know, current prices right now. Um, we've gotten gates done for, you know, less than thirty-five in some cases. It really kind of just depends on the facility, again, size of gate, all those kinds of different aspects, but that's a good range to, to bank on. So, you know, when we're looking at these things, um, the reason why I want to bring up these costs, we're talking about a very short period of time within this facility, and we're going to talk about revenue, we're going to talk about increasing and occupancy, uh, but the reason why I, I want to show you, uh, talk about that is during this time, we were doing these improvements, this was costing money, we're doing work, and these improvements are not all done, and some of them are holding us back. So I have to preference, preface this with that. Also, the next thing you should know about that is we have to preface um, this uh, facility at is that we're talking up until 331. So this is up into March, no later. So this is in our slow season. This doesn't account for the busy season. This doesn't account for all the rate increases. Um, so this is prior to it. This is from 1121 to 322, those four months, right? So right before December, so um, uh, November to March. Those are the slowest seasons <laughs> and the seasons that we have the most move outs, not move ins. So let's talk 
about this and how this equated to 3.2 million in those four months. First thing that you we have to look at was immediately day one, we did begin um, to do a lot of the improvements on the assets. Um, and we really started to, you know what, actually, hold on here. Before I dive even more into this, these numbers, you know, we try to be really transparent. And I think I mentioned this, maybe it was the last time, a couple times ago, but um, we don't understand why we, Apple, we were at all, like, we were like 800 reviews oh, yeah. and <laughs> Apple took us down to like seven or 430 oh, or 500 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, for something last so, time like, I looked. We couldn't believe it. We're like, they took down almost half of our, our reviews. Everyone, please, you're listening to this right now. Get on, leave us a five-star and type in a good review, guys. We, we we try to be transparent. We give everything away for free here, all our information, everything. Um, that's that's how you can uh, uh, help us out and repay us for, for, for this time. Uh, it means a lot to us, guys. Jump on there. Do it real quick. All right, moving on. I got to throw an ask in, right? You need to get the ask. You do, for sure. So, Especially when you're getting gypped out of... Uh, yeah. legit reviews they must have just so, been like hey no one's getting this many great reviews guys we gotta cancel <laughs> we gotta stop out. something here <laughs> I mean, we are so frustrated uh, with that you just saw it go anyways so during this four months um we were doing uh a, a lot of those capital expenditures but we started to implement our rate increases and we started to implement um getting rid of delinquencies we started to shore up the overall revenues um we had we're, we're going to talk about the 3.2 million that we're talking about um is coming off of our increase in revenue for over thirteen thousand dollars annualized at a hundred and you know 65 so taking that at the price that we bought it at, at a five cap, you know, that comes into 3.2 uh, million. And uh, um, that's where we're getting, we're not talking about occupancy, anything else like that, just a straight line revenue. I'm gonna get into um, uh, those things because it, it, it really shows it. But what we did is we increased that that revenue um, uh, to over 13,000 a month as of uh you know a couple months ago i'm sure we're already over eighty thousand a month so i'm i'm sure we're past the four million uh mark on there um which would be great because that's how much we put into the deal so um when we are looking at these rate increases cleaning up the assets a lot of people get really nervous about this because we talk about these good things and you're like oh geez you know, I'll go do that. But well, what you don't hear, though, is the negative things right along with it. So we're doing this in the slowest time of year. We're dropping in occupancy. So we had very high store occupancy in these storage facilities. Um, and we dropped down to, I mean, we're at like 80% occupancy. They were like 96%. Normal people, I think think would lose their mind they'd, they'd freak out and they'd stop mm -hmm. they say oh no they say I, we can't do this we're, mm -hmm. we're tanking we're losing so much occupancy um for us 
We're like, we got to raise rates. We got to kick all these people out because our street rates are so much higher than the existing rates. Um, we're full. And that means our economic occupancy is, you know, the storage facility is 96% full, but our economic occupancy may be 60 or 70%. And so get rid of the delinquents, get rid of super low paying rent uh, tenants. Let's move them all up. And then as you give rate increases, people are leaving and our occupancy is falling like a rock. Um, meanwhile, revenue is shooting straight up. <laughs> yeah. Now, what that means is we annualized, increased annualized revenue of 165000 and we dropped down to 80% occupancy. We now can move up that occupancy back up into the 90s, but we're moving it up at rates that are so substantially higher than anything that um, we had seen or gotten before. Um, I mean, you're talking in most cases double. And we are moving the existing rates up to that level um, as well. This does not include all the rate increases. So all the rate increases haven't hit. Mm -hmm. They're still coming through. Yeah. They, they haven't hit. We haven't had all the move outs. We haven't had the churn. This is the big shakeup, the big churn. It's messy. We have people on the ground. We have uh, our, our trainers are there. We're trying to get in good management. This is full on onboarding storage facility um, in, in all its glory. Now, the things that we did wrong, this was shocking to me, y'all. And I'm going to share this with you. I, I don't even know that I should, but I'm going to. <laughs> we, we had a few things that um, we messed, we didn't get done in time. And the moving of the gate and the repositioning of some of the asset, we know that if we can reposition office space, parking, we know that there's ways that we can drive move-ins. To give you any idea, in this same market, we own another facility. We made some of the changes that we're going to be making on this. And we went from um, 10 move-ins and like three, four move-outs a month on that facility to the month after we completed those changes uh, to over 30 move-ins. So those changes haven't been done yet to these facilities, and we're still waiting to realign some of that and, and change that up. That will immediately change and spike the flow from our online uh, system uh, to the actual asset itself, which will once again even more um, rise these overall uh, uh, rates. Now, at the end of the day, um, this, you know, it, things are going well. We've got to do it quick before next season, before we get in any slow times. And that is one of the reasons why we move fast. We don't wait around. We rip off the band aid because I know what's happening today. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. So we got to get it while the getting's good. And uh, that's a pretty pretty important piece here and it shows in this strategy now we can do an update at the end of summer on this facilities and we can talk about the execution of this so did we get up occupancy did we get those higher rates did we you know like how did those um improvements go through but as of right now i mean you, you know we're completely happy to lose 18% occupancy 
and we're completely happy to, you know, have maybe customers that aren't happy. Um, but we're we're trying to get those facilities onboarded, but we didn't wait to make changes to raise rates. So it's all going on at the same time, right? We're tearing up office space while we're increasing rates. We're we're doing revenue management, rate management. Um, we're doing physical um, upgrades uh, to the asset. Um, but that's why. It, we, we show right there, that's why. I mean, over 13,000 increase a month and our rate increases haven't even all hit. We haven't even, you know, replaced occupancy. We haven't, none of those things have changed. Um, based upon, you know, those changes, uh, we'll, we could see once again, a, a substantial increase, but, um, by this time next year, we'll probably be refining out of this asset and pulling out not only all our money, but maybe 50% plus more out of these assets and taking that in tax-free. So that doesn't include everybody, if you remember, the $5 million in depreciation that we also got. Um, everyone, this is the power. This is the power of real estate. This is the power of doing things correctly, becoming experts. Uh, it, it's, you know, I, I love talking. I love showing people this stuff because when I first really put it all together, which however long ago that was, I remember having to sit and think about this for a long, long time, weeks. It blew my mind at the overall power of what is the bird system, which we implement. And I didn't even really understand the implications of our tax savings or anything else like that. But just the process uh, of being able to do this, recapture the money, all the profits, and not ever losing the asset, still having it cash flowing and growing. And this is a perfect example how even in slow times when executed properly, um, it works. Mm -hmm. Yeah, even with all the uncertainty, even with all these things going on, even in, again, the slowest time of the season, we're making all these changes and in, in increasing the value 3.2 million. I mean, it's just massive. It's so insane. And too, I mean, even some of the facilities that we used to have, we didn't even even cost seg some of those. Yeah, you know, no, like no, figuring we didn't. out. Yeah, that <laughs> like, didn't happen until like uh, <laughs> like four or five years ago when uh, we we're like, wait, you can do that. Yeah, yeah, like that's a that's a really good idea. And you know, um, as we look at um, the power of it, I think it's also really important to understand that. This is why our model, we're probably more selective than most. We buy certain things at certain prices. We're selective on our acquisitions. And this shows our guiding principle with our firm. That is, we don't let the market make us. We make it. We get our returns that are our goals. We need to be able to get that through our strategy and through doing what we need to do not through the market making us. Mm -hmm. And that's why I love this. The market was not in our favor. This was the worst time of year. This was the highest point of vacancies. This was the time where people leave, they don't even move in. 
and we didn't need the market to push us to get it there. Mm -hmm. We that and that shows me that our underwriting was right. It, our plan was right. We executed, and now we've been performing on it right. Now, some other things that we were actually surprised on um, turned out to be good. Our taxes are a hundred thousand less than we had projected. Our um, expenses right now, as far as the um, physical part of it, is under budget. The bad side is it's way longer than we anticipated. Mm -hmm. Way longer. Yeah. It, it just to Things find are taking it, forever. Forever. And I know everybody's feeling that it's across the board. Um, this one with the gate people and everything. And it shows like when I was talking to you guys about some of these changes that we're making, you know, when you're talking about the difference of, uh, you know, eight move-ins to 30 move-ins a month, the financial cost of that is tremendous. So by not getting these things in just two months, well, you, it, the the financial difference for that year, it, it's so impactful on these assets. It's so big. Um, and that was really frustrating, right? We would be way ahead of this if if we could have gotten those contractors. But it's just that that's, you know, it's what happens. We can't plan everything. We, we have third parties we're relying on. Um, so that was a huge bummer to us on this project and, and one that's been very, very frustrating uh, to try to deal with and to handle. Mm -hmm. um, other things that uh, came in, um, you know, we had the cost segregation came in and better, um, but uh, we had problems with, you know, technology hiring and it, it wasn't all fluff. It, it, we hit some big snags. And so, um, you know, there's always surprises. It never works out perfect. It's never, you don't get everything you want. Um, but what's important is that you have a plan to attack it, to execute it, that um, you not, are not waiting on the market to uh, uh, make you. And so that's why, you know, even when, you know, when we look at even like deals like this, it's how much did luck play into this? Obviously, it plays into everything in life. Um, but too, for a large extent, it, it's a system. It's a process. It, it's a process we're going through to create that. And that's what you need to develop in storage. You need to develop a process of success. You know, I say this all the time. I think it's in my book um, where I talk about this. But um, uh, success is a uh, outcome, not an event. It's a outcome and a result of a process that you're doing. It's not an event. It's not a prize. It's not something that you you win. And this outcome takes a long time to get to. We, we've been doing this for a long time, and that allows us to reduce our risk, to learn from our mistakes, to get better, be able to measure, analyze, and execute um, uh, better and better and better. And so you got to be okay with it. you got to be okay with the process. You've got to be... Um, willing to understand that because success is an outcome, I have to make changes to produce the outcome that is desired. And I can't expect the outcome to just happen to me. That's not how it works. No, it's really not. And it, and it is about having a system and having a process of execution. There, there's no two ways about it. I mean, these things don't happen by accident, and they certainly don't happen repeatedly by accident. 
Um, this is stuff that we're executing on every single day. And it goes back, AJ, to what you were talking about, uh, becoming experts in that world that you want to be in as far as an investor or business owner um, and really being able to identify and execute on the value to you. Like you were talking about um, us being able to execute on deals that other people can't or executing on them in a different way than other people would, um, paying more for things than other people would in certain circumstances mm-hmm. because they just don't see the value that we see. Yep. Uh, it's It really comes down to, again, just being this, those experts. This project was a seeing, perfect seeing example. Yeah, 100%. So this project was actually yeah. on market. Right. So we got this one last year, and this mm-hmm. was one of the properties that were on market. And we outbid everybody. Mm-hmm. And the reason why what they were looking at as expensive, we didn't, we're like, this is cheap. Like, we're like, <laughs> compared this to the value is, that it could be achieved. Yeah, what's yeah. sitting there, what's yep. existing, and what it really is. Like, it's intrinsic value we are like, it's not worth this. It's worth much, much more. So Mm -hmm. to us, everybody thought that we were the highest payer, but for us, we bought it at a discount. Right. Right. No, it's so important, man. Identifying that value to you. Um, it just, it's whether it's investing in self-storage or you're buying businesses or self-storage, it's like, what is that intrinsic value to you? Stocks. Yeah. Um, all of it, your home, um, I mean, it, it really does, uh, come in and the more time that you spend at being an expert, all you're really doing is you, when we say an expert, that's re- I view an expert is someone that understands value and can execute on the value. That's it. Mm-hmm. The yeah. more you can identify value and the better you get at identifying intrinsic value, not marketplace value. Um, and the more you build the process out of execution, um, then you, that's how you become an expert. Uh, it, it, but it's, you have to internally increase your knowledge of understanding mm-hmm. so you can find value and you have to build the process then to execute it on it. You can't have just one. If you can execute, but you don't understand value, it's going to be short lived. And then two, when you're successful, that just means you're lucky. And guys, when we're in bull markets, a lot of people are successful and lucky, meaning they're being successful, but the market's making it. It's not them. They don't actually understand the value. They did overpay, but Mm -hmm. it just kept going up. So they got bailed out essentially. So that works, but there's a lifespan to that. That ends. (laughs) Right. It ends a lot quicker than they think. <laughs> yes. So you need uh, to have both. Yeah, no, you do. And it makes me think too, uh, like you were talking earlier about um, looking at that occupancy, but then also looking at this revenue, uh, becoming an expert and being able to identify the metrics that matter when you're looking at these deals and understanding value. Um, again, so much emphasis in real estate, whether it's multifamily, commercial, any of these things, like it's occupancy, occupancy, occupancy. Like what's the occupancy? And um, it's like, well, what's the revenue? Like, it, because our occupancy went down, you would think that we'd be doing worse, but our revenue actually went up because the occupancy we do have is better. You know, yes. like there's like just, I wanted to touch on that, that aspect of yes. looking at the metrics that really, truly matter, those yes. real value drivers. And uh, instead of getting caught up in these things that are, are kind of like upfront, I mean, it's kind of the same thing with cap rates too. You know, like we talk about these things all the time. Um, but Focus on the things that matter, execute on the things that matter, and really drive that value. 
Um, don't get caught up in in the metrics that don't matter and don't attribute real value. Yeah, yeah. And this is something that society, all of us, I do, Connor does, everybody does. We have such a bad problem with this on our day-to-day life is, uh, lives that we attribute value to things that actually don't hold value. That not only do they not hold value, um, but they take away from what is intrinsic value in our lives. And we all do this, right? We think of all the things that we're doing day to day, right? And because we're doing that, that makes us frustrating. We're not achieving our goals, things like that. And then two, we're not developing the processes that actually make us happy and achieve it, right? So Connor really understands uh, the value of being healthy. And then he works really hard to create the process of obtaining your health and your you're always going to the gym every day. You carve it out. You put emphasis on it, right? And then you yield those results. Um, I do not, so I'm sickly. And, you know, <laughs> so it's like, you know, it, like, it, 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 it is what it is. Mm-hmm. I, I, I get it. Like, I understand the value, but I don't have the process, so it doesn't even, it doesn't even matter. Um, so storage and all these things are no difference. But when we're talking about this, I think people think way like, oh, this is so much bigger, things like that. When we started in storage, Understanding value and creating the processes was a lot simpler than things that we're talking about, but it was still true. And we built upon it. The only difference is our ability to identify intrinsic value got better and our process got better and more, you say it's it complex, meaning more work, maybe more people, things like that. But at its simplest thing, we're still doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, we're just better at it, but it, we didn't need to be here to get there. We you, we started way smaller, but the the process worked. It it worked. Started on fundamentals, execution on the right things, mm-hmm. identifying those right things, identifying the things that matter, learning then how you can get better at that and moving forward. Exactly, They're really important. Yeah, and that's where we're at now. Where it's you know we're refining these things. We're to the point now where. You know, we're needing to bring in these expert, talented individuals to execute on these things because now it's about building teams to manage these systems and yes. to to refine these fundamentals and to manage them. Yeah, right. I mean, it's a per- good example. You know, we talk about, um, you know, our impact system, our impact corner, and there's when you move from impact corner to impact corner, you're you're moving through like a redefining, uh, restructuring phase, and we're in that right now. And everybody goes in this at different period of times. And we're taking our structure. How do we level this up? How do we do it? But, um, you know, we have to do that internally. And how do we get what we're trying to do on storage? So how do we do this? What we just talked about. How do we do this at mass without? um, So our problem is that how do we do this at mass without giving out? We can go buy storage at mass. And we could take a few bad hits, things like that. And we can hire people and we can go just try to get good deal. Like, but we don't want, we don't want to lose that quality. So for us, the value side really is dictating that process. And um, we know that we understand that that's core to who we are and what we're looking for in deals. Um, we have really no tolerance for bad deals at all. None. Um, like it's just not worth it. And that's kind of our thing. One deal, one bad deal is not worth it ever for any reason. So we will not 
we will not give up on value for the process. So the process has to adapt to our value. So how do we change our process to do this more, mm -hmm. right? Without sacrificing that value. Um, it's a really important piece that, you know, internally we're all working on right now, all of us, uh, you know, our, our three executives, um, we've got Connor, Kaylee and Brian, and you know, they're working on this. Me and my partners are all working on it. It's interesting as I look at it, you know, we're at this different level, but it's the same thing as when we started, when we were yeah. first just like, well, how do we do this and figuring it out? Right. <laughs> exactly. It's, I don't know. Like every day, every it day. Really, it's, it's just what, what you do. Yeah. You got to work on it every do. single day. And it's in like, again, doing this at scale and at mass, it gets complicated. You know, it gets more, it, I don't know if complicated, complex kind of is a word you used. Um, because to do this, you need more people and uh, you need good people and people are, are complex. Yes. Uh, people are uh, yes. animals in their own own regard. Yes. And uh, managing them and, and teaching them and helping them grow is not always the easiest thing. But a uh, lot of phenomenal people out there and I'm looking forward to Anybody that would like to join the team who's an amazing person. 100%. Reach, <laughs> reach out, everybody, because we executing. need it. Just like, you yeah. know, just like you, wherever you are at in your pathway. Mm -hmm. um, and the important thing is, everybody, you can scale when you have those two sides down. Like when you, mm -hmm. what Connor said is so important. Figuring out what really matters. You can build, you can scale off that. But if you don't know what really matters and you're trying to scale, you, you, it's being built on a poor foundation. So don't do that. Uh, but 100%. great deal. Great last few weeks, everybody. Uh, so much going on. Um, we are having our conference also coming up this fall. So yeah. um, we're going to be putting out all our, our notices, our self-storage conference again, which was a huge hit. So check us out. Follow me on Instagram and uh, Connor, and you can see everything we're doing, guys, day to day mm -hmm. uh, as well. Check out the YouTube and give us a good review. We appreciate it, everybody. Heck yes, please do. Links in the show notes, guys. We'll catch you next time.